To our dear Wellness Couch listeners, we are sending you all our love during these unprecedented times. Now is the time to appreciate what community really is all about. And on the back of our wellness base camps in Geelong and Camden being postponed, we've decided to run a virtual experience that anyone can attend. It's called Crisis to Confidence. Right now, the world faces five major challenges. The first one, fear and anxiety. So Kim Morrison will present Uncertainty and Love. The second one is social isolation. So Marcus Pierce is going to talk about how to build community during these difficult times. The third is mental and emotional despair. So Brett Hill will talk about how to develop resilience. The fourth is financial uncertainty. So Jason Witten will talk about creating financial security. And the fifth is a challenged immunity. So Cindy O'Meara will share how to boost our immunity during these times. Crisis to Confidence will be broadcast live on Saturday, April 4. And if you can't make it, you'll receive lifetime access. To register and for all the details, go to thewellnessbasecamp.com. That's thewellnessbasecamp.com. Thank you, Wellness Cow Tribe. We love you and send our virtual hugs and kisses. TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to The Healthy Shift Worker podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. Today, I have a very special guest on the show, Michael Leiden, who is joining me all the way from Würzburg in Germany. Michael is an expert in the field of chronobiology and is a sought-after speaker, consultant and lecturer in this area of science. Together with his wife, he runs Alimos, a company focused around chronobiology plant-based nutrition and personality development in human resource and corporate health management. His work includes optimizing shift systems and work schedules based around chronotypes, along with switching workplace canteens to those which contain plant-based food. So that has really got my attention. So I'd like to give a warm and healthy German (laughs) shift working welcome to Michael. Hello. Yeah, welcome from my side. Um, I'm fine, thank you, and um, I'm really happy to to uh, meet you here and that you found me and that we now have the possibility to talk to each other. And uh, I'm really looking forward to the next thirty minutes. Oh, likewise, Michael. And it's it, you know this is where social media is wonderful, isn't it? Because we could have connected. Uh, through Instagram this way. Obviously, we've never met in person, uh, so it's a, this is where technology is a wonderful thing. Yeah, exactly. It is yes, and we and we should use this for these uh, possibilities. Yeah, exactly. We can reach a lot of people. Well, I guess first and foremost, you know, I've got lots of uh, things that I'd like to ask you, but um, I'd really like to hear a little bit about your background first, Michael. Like, I mean, how how did you get started in this area of chronobiology? Oh yeah, this goes back into the year two thousand two when uh, I had a seminar and usually when uh, you have a long-term seminar you start with um, games where you uh, learn the other participants, uh, um, uh, the other uh, people around you and um, uh, the the woman who uh, was leading this seminar starts with the 
with a little game and they say, okay, please think about a um, new time managing system. Yeah, how can it work and how would you create a new time management system? And so uh, we started and my idea was to to create a time system this, which is based on yeah the biological possibilities uh, which change within the day. So you don't uh, find a certain time because um, it fits best in the time uh, schedule, but you find a time to meet with other people when uh, all people uh, are able to um to be creative or able to be um <clears throat> powerful and um, and this was the, the the first time that i was thinking about biological rhythms i never heard about this before but um all the participants of this uh, um game said oh this is quite a very interesting idea i should go on with uh, uh, with this theme and that was the point where I started to make some researches and I learned that this is chronobiology. And uh, uh, yes, this was the starting point in 2002 where I start um, with all these things. But it took a long time um, until now. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet it did. It's, it, it gets deeper and deeper, isn't it? The more that we, we don't know, the more we realize there's so much more to this, uh, you know, this area of science, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's really. It is. Um, uh, in two thousand two, I learned that there's a, a, a great science behind, but um, this is not um, um, most people, even in in the companies. Uh, nearly every, uh, no one uh, knew anything about this theme, mm. and uh, they say, why should we have a look on these themes? Because when people have to work, go to work, they have to go to work, and that's all. Mm, well, that yeah. Well, that actually leads me to the next question that I'd like to ask, Michael. Um, just for our listeners, obviously, I've got a, I've got a good, a reasonable understanding of it. But what exactly is chronobiology, and why is this so important for shift workers to be aware of? Yeah, chronobiolo uh, chronobiology is the science um, of the inner clock of um, yeah of nature. It's not only about uh, humans, but we talk about human chronobiology, and so this is about our inner clock. And uh, so um, every individual has an individual uh, inner clock. So we are not all this uh, have the same clock. So we have early type persons. Um, called uh, larks and we have late type persons who called olds and we have this medium persons and um, this all is genetically based <clears throat> it is like our uh, if we have um, our, our feet they have a certain size and we cannot choose um, the size of our feet and the same is with our chronotype you know we cannot choose the uh, which chronotype we are we are born with our chronotype and it is developed within our life. And um, so uh, the science uh, um, yeah, is everything around this fact. And uh, this is very important for our um, uh, yeah, working schedules, especially for shift workers, to know um, what is my chronotype, what is my biological time to sleep. And um, how far away is my biological time to sleep from the actually time I sleep? 
um, because uh, every biological process in us um, is created around this inner clock. Mm. Actually, I think I remember reading um, some research, gosh, a long, long time ago now, uh, and how they, they really stated that as shift workers, we are somebody or we're, we're people that just that we govern our our behaviors like our uh, around our shifts instead of our innate biological rhythm and you know of course with that can, comes can consequences you, uh, can you please repeat because uh, uh, you you have been away for for one second oh sure <laughs> no worries um i remember <laughs> uh, reading some research where they basically stated as a shift worker we're be, being so incredibly unique because we we base what our what we do around our shifts, which can be considerably different to our innate circadian rhythms. And of course, with that, that's over time um, that comes with consequences. Yeah, it comes with consequences because um, usually you you have to think about that. We talk about rhythms. Yeah, we talk about natural rhythms. And we talk about um, artificial rhythms. Yeah, artificial rhythms, these are man-made rhythms. And we have natural rhythms that are natural rhythms, as it is called. And um, so um, everything we uh, try to mix, when we try to mix these natural rhythms with the artificial rhythms, yeah, um, everything in us cannot work properly. So uh, it tries to, to fix it, uh, try to, to find a situation to fix, to deal with it and to fix it. But um, it is always something like an emergency program. It is not um, naturally. And so uh, shift workers, um, yeah, they, they, they always are looking, the, the body of the shift workers is, is always looking for a possibility to deal with the situation, but that uh, doesn't mean that uh, that it is healthy, uh, and, and uh, it, it is just a form to to deal with the situation as uh, much as you uh, can deal with noise. Um, um, but uh, this doesn't mean that that noise is uh, is healthy when you can deal with it, and when the body found a, a solution for that. And so, shift workers are especially the night shift and the early shift. Uh, is for most people uh, is unhealthy, but we have uh, people when you have the chronotype which is near to this um, to to the shifts. Yeah, so these people uh, have less problems with the shift than than other people uh, who are far away with the chronotype from the from their uh, shift times. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is um this is exciting to to talk about and and. When you um, initially reached out to me, Michael, you mentioned that you were working on a project um, with, I think, the largest health insurance company in Germany, which involves optimizing those shift schedules by taking into consideration individual chronotypes. And so I guess, again, for the purpose, um, you know, for the benefit of our listeners, can you explain what exactly uh, do you mean by chronotype? I know that you alluded to the owl and the lark before. Is that that's where you're going with that? Um, you you mean what, what I exactly mean with chronotype? Yeah, just because I think a lot of our listeners probably haven't even heard of the term chronotype. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Chronotype. Chronotype means um, uh, this uh, when you, for example, um, I told that uh, every person has an individual uh, biological clock, and this means 
that, uh, for example, um, for the early type person, this means that um, his biological point where uh, the melatonin starts yeah, is earlier than uh, these of the um, late type purple, uh, people. So uh, melatonin means uh, starting getting sleepy and after one and a half hour um, uh, you, you fell asleep usually. So, for example, an early type um, melatonin starts around, um, let's say, 7 uh, p.m. And um, then after one and a half hour, we say uh, they fell asleep. And then we have an um, eight-hour frame for, for sleep. And uh, this eight-hour frame yeah, um, uh, gets uh, to the conclusion, uh, that, or let, let me say, that the, 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 the time where these eight-hour frame lies um, uh, gets to the result that this is an early type. And for example, when you have the melatonin at um, at midnight or at 2 a.m., yeah, then this is a late type. Yeah, and this melatonin is measured by, for example, by a blood test we have now in Germany, and um, in this blood test we can identify. These, this time, the time when the melatonin starts, and this is uh, genetically based, usually also by the light situation around. Yeah, it's also affected yeah. by the light situation. The base melatonin is uh, uh, is um, genetic based, wow. and so the so 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 this frame. Let me say um, the the early type starts uh, going to bed at ten o'clock. Yeah, and the late type starts going to bed at 2 uh, p.m. So we have a wide frame, a wide range and uh, of uh, different uh, chronotypes. Wow, I wasn't aware um, of the, the fact that it, it that melatonin, the actual, um, when it gets produced and when it stops, does change, in, you know, um, amongst individuals. And I, I get it with the genetics, but I didn't, realize how vastly different it can be and you know that it because it's actually showing up in blood tests that you're doing with these people yeah yeah we had this in in uh, in our actual project we had uh, 125 people who made the blood test yeah so we have the results of these people and uh, it shows a range from uh, i think it was uh, from uh, 5 p.m to 3 a.m. When melatonin gets produced, or, uh, and obviously yes. you're taking into consideration yeah. the environmental factors that could be influencing that. Yeah, this this is a special um, a test which uh, with which you can take out the environmental effects. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a test that identified 12 biomarkers. We have uh, around I don't know around 100 200 biomarkers in our body or more, and uh, the scientists. They identified 12 uh, biomarkers uh, on which we can, um, when we uh, have a look at the blood and we identify these 12 biomarkers, we uh, can find um, the, yeah, let's say the, the point of the day where the melatonin starts. This is easy explained. Uh, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's com more complicated in, in real, but sure. uh, this is in in core what it means could i ask what just a couple of those biomarkers would be so, sorry what what a couple 
so may I just ask uh, as an example of the biomarkers what a couple of those might be? Uh, I'm 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 not sure what what these uh, twelve biomarkers how they uh, you you mean how they called or what what kind of these biomarkers are? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. What do you, the name of you know? For example, no, I'm. I'm oh, you don't get into that no, side I'm, of it. You know, I have to ask the scientists because this is <laughs> this is some scientific thing. <laughs> I'm not a scientist in this. So, so I only know, okay, how it works. Yeah, I know what um, that there are twelve biomarkers. I know that uh, all this uh, scientific uh, um, with scientific evidence, and that's enough for me. I know that, and I use this. Um, and the blood test is uh, only allowed uh, um, to do by the people of the Charité um, University in Berlin. Right. Yeah. Wow, this is pretty powerful stuff. And, and I guess I have to ask the question then. So the ultimate aim of the study is to be able to match employees with schedules that are better suited to their chronotype. Is that correct? As much as possible. Yeah. Yes. Because you're all, yeah, you always have some circumstances you cannot change. Yeah, But sure. uh, we try to find away in one circumstance for example is you have to do night shifts in a hospital mm. and but um, but what we find try to find is uh, for example when we have a, a station in a hospital and we have let me say 20 people in the station yeah and they ha they are doing uh, shifts and we try to find these people who are um, um, optimal prepared um, via their chronotype for the night shift yeah so um, they have the less problem with the night shift based on their chronotype and also we, we try uh, to find if it is uh, find out if it, if it is possible to change the beginnings of the shift times yeah mm -hmm. for example uh, actually the shift time begins at six o'clock and maybe based on the chronotype uh, situation, um, it might be an idea to change uh, uh, the shift from beginning from six to seven o'clock. Yeah, I don't know. We will see because we are just in the, in the moment to um, to plan the new uh, schedules yeah, and the new shift schedules. But um, the clinic says, okay, we are willing to make all changes which are possible to give the people the possibility to sleep nearest to their biological night. Gosh, my my head is just spinning, <laughs> just thinking of this amazing, um, amazing research and study that you're doing because we know, I mean, obviously, yeah, for somebody to be able to function better on night shift, um, you know, versus early shift and, and, and so forth. But we know how incredibly powerful melatonin is as an antioxidant antioxidant in regards to helping with cancer. Yeah. And, you know, it's all so intricately related that this kind of stuff really has the, you know, that possibility of helping to reduce some of the chronic health conditions that we see amongst, you know, shift workers worldwide. Yeah, this um, one. Uh, it's melatonin is uh, um, is one of the core um, things uh, you have to look at when you went to want to to work um, uh, with together with, with sleep systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you have, and so this this test is was um, uh, before we had this test, 
we had questionnaires, yeah, but we didn't know how to measure the melatonin uh, uh, at the moment. This or the, via these biomarkers. Um, before that, we had a questionnaire, but um, the the uh, the most effect we have when we change uh, um, these uh, time frames, these time schedules, uh, will be to to bring the people. Um, nearer to their biological night, yeah. This uh, and this means um, if if we have eight hours of sleep, if you have these eight hours out of your biological night, this means you don't. The, it, it isn't the same quality than you have eight hours sleep in in your biological night. Mm. So um, the biological night is the center of the planning, and so we say um, we try to find uh, solutions. Um, to uh, make uh, all the shift workers um, asleep in, in, in nearest to their biological night possible. And so um, um, so the, the, the melatonin, to know about the, the melatonin setting of every individual is the best place to do so. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, obviously, you know, this is very early days and, you know, I think, you know, some companies listening might be thinking, oh, well, you know, that's just going to be too hard logistically, you know, depending on the operation of how it works. But, again, this is this is kind of very, yeah. very new. And, you know, if it could potentially be rolled out some way that becomes a bit of a screening process, uh, you know, when people start, then it can, you know, set them up definitely because we know, um you know, when employees are unwell, like the sick leave costs companies, you know, millions of dollars. <laughs> but this yeah. has the potential yeah. of helping to reduce that. Um, yeah, it's yeah, amazing. We, we have, a, and there exists, I don't know if, if you know, there's a, um, a study of the RAND Europe Corporation from 2060, and it measured the overall costs for for a, a country uh, um, of um uh, sleep problems. Yeah, if you have sleep problems, sleep yeah. deprivation, mm -hmm. um, and in Germany it costs uh, the society of uh, the German people um, every year around fifty billion uh, euros. Wow. Yeah? So, yeah, and, and that also I, th I think America has also mentioned on this, but I, I don't think it is in the study. But I don't think it was Australia. But for Germany, this is a huge sum. And when you say, okay, you can reduce the the problems of uh, sleep deprivation, the 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 amount of sleep deprivation, now it will save a lot of money for the companies, for the society, for our health system, and uh, so. And it is also maybe you know the 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 pyramid of Maslow. Yes. Oh yeah. gosh. Oh, you're taking me back to year twelve school there, <laughs> economics. <laughs> <laughs> and and one base is sleep, yeah. And um, uh, so uh, I think we have to fix these base parameters. Yeah, this means sleep. This means nutrition and this breathing, the air, etc. These are the the basic things we have to fix before we can start um, to fix other things on uh, uh, which are upon this. So, um, uh, so sleep, I think, is one of the biggest um, parameter um, with which you can uh, influence uh, uh, a whole health system in companies in society. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, and um, 
you'll be happy to hear when I do my own workplace uh, wellness talks, Michael, I, I talk about at the top of the ladder as air is, you know, the most important. We won't last long without air. And then we have water. We don't last long without water. And then come sleep. Exactly. And then nutrition and then exercise and so forth because, um, yeah, the deleterious effects of that lack of sleep is fairly insta- instantaneous compared to, you know, um, whether we're not eating well or inactivity. Um, the sleep is, um, yeah, so critically important. Um, yeah, wow. I'm just, yeah, I'm just in awe of, of hearing this amazing um, research that you're working with the universities Um uh, and the you know the, the companies over there as well. I'd, I'd yeah, I'd love to see it sort of happening um, here in Australia. Um, yeah, that's for sure. And you know, we just know again, like melatonin is so important when it comes to um, glucose metabolism. So you know, if people are eating at the wrong times when melatonin's high and they're not aware of this, that you know, obviously when we're sleep deprived, we tend to eat a lot of high carbohydrate foods. So pancreas is not working as well. To yeah, it's it's yeah, so um, incredibly important information. I, and I guess, because that kind of leads me to my next question. Um, and this is obviously around food, so I'm a bit excited about that because I've heard that again. It was as a part of your work, and, and I know before we went on to air that you mentioned, you know, your wife kind of gets involved with this. But you have been, well, she has been getting involved uh, by coming into workplace canteens. And changing the the menus to have more of a plant based diet. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, we were just at the beginning of that, and uh, and we are learning because um, the canteen, or better, let me say that um, we are not want to change uh, the the whole in a plant based canteen, but we want to start uh, to have oh, plant based options. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and uh, this is also, and this is also, uh, we learned that this um, uh, that people um, are hang on their coke. Yeah, they hang on their burgers, they hang on their steaks and and their everything. Yeah, and they um, and they all th- uh, think that if you you take these things away, they think it is a um, um, reduced quality work of of their work. Yeah. So uh, first, we have to change the mindset as a whole and uh, the mindset of uh, of their health and how it is important of their health. And um, it, it, it's, it's not for love, but the actual situation of the coronavirus supports this because um, uh, people are thinking more about their health because they know if they are unhealthy, if they have unhealthy food, if they have unhealthy um, a lifestyle, yeah, this has effects of uh, um, of the immune system, and also have an effect of the actual situation. If there is a danger to get infected by the coronavirus or not, or not get infected, but uh, the results of getting infected, and uh, so this helps us a little bit. And so companies say, okay, what can we do in our canteens to um, to support? Um, our uh, people, our staff in having healthy food. And uh, so uh, this is, we, we try to uh, change uh, the mindset before we change um, 
the before we change in into plant-based options yeah so we have to make a first step first step is uh, changing the mindset and getting informations why we do that and that we don't want to take something away mm -hmm. but we want to give them something especially health so that they have a better work-life balance and they had a better immune system and so and this is uh, actually what we do and um, uh, because many people have uh, a certain picture in the mind when they hear about plant-based, when they hear about vegan, when they hear about healthy food. And yeah, green uh, salads, that's it. <laughs> yeah, this is this is a problem we have to deal with. And uh, but uh, uh, and the, the 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 main requirement is that the head of the company, the CEOs and and the leading persons. They adapt this mindset and they really want to change something. If they just want to tr try something, um, they, they, this wouldn't come to the same result or to a really good result. So now we have one, two companies who really want to change things. And uh, and we learned we have to change the mindset before we change things. Oh, exactly. Mindset's key to everything, isn't it? It's, um, yeah, and I'm, it's, I, I love that you've kind of mentioned that, that it also comes from the top and then, then it filters down because, you know, then they can sort of see see it, the benefits um, that it's going to have on the employees and then, yes, gradually uh, bringing it into the employees. I, could, I, I certainly, um, you know, would never tell anybody to never drink a cup of coffee again, but it's sort of being a bit strategic, isn't it, about when they're having it and the energy drinks and as, as you kind of um, mentioned as well. Uh, but I did... Um, what I did want to let you know, though, uh, Michael, that I've um, was just in was in I've been in contact with a lady that lives in Alaska, and I'm sure Jennifer will listen to this podcast at some point. Uh, she she actually bought my book, and we've kind of reached out again through social media and connected that way. And she's very much onto the plant based diet. And she she told me something quite that I think was really quite powerful is that her sleep since she's now you know gone a lot you know incorporated a lot more um, whole food plant based foods into her diet because it, it was not great kind of a lot of that diet that you were alluding to before the highly refined and processed foods. But because since she has now adopted. Um, and incorporate more of a plant-based diet, she now sleeps so much better during the day after night shift. And that's huge. Yeah, this is, and I, I think this is um, clearly because the body, if you have processed food, if you have heavy food, you know, the body has to... Um, uh, has to deal with this all around. And, uh, and, and I think... It is uh, also um, when you take this food in the wrong time, for example, when, when, when you have uh, the wrong food in the night shift, yeah, um, uh, the, the body has to deal with it when after the night shift. Yeah, and uh, then you have uh, maybe you have uh, problems in sleeping and problems in, in getting into sleep. And uh, especially when, when you, we, we had this year, uh, people who are uh, always drinking coffee in the night shift or so. And, um, but the, the plant-based food is lighter, is a lighter food, is better for the body, better to, uh, to um, for the body to deal with. And uh, so um, I think it is uh, um, logical that uh, people 
who changed because I also made this experience. We have some some people around who who made the same experiences as you told me, and um, and I, I think, but. Uh, I also think that it has to do a little bit like the chronotype. I don't know what, what chronotype this, this uh, woman is, but um, maybe both things, yeah, chronotype and the nutrition gets to, to this tremendous result this, this woman has. Maybe you, you, you know her chronotype? No. No, but it's a question that I'll ask her <laughs> now, that, now that we're talking um, about it. Yeah, and so, I, I mean, it's just powerful because we know, you know, that's one of the biggest things I hear from a lot of my clients and it is they've obviously got that external factor of it's daylight, there's a lot more noise, like everyone else is awake, so they've got that to contend with. But, but that with changing your diet is something that they have control over, um, that they can change. So. Yeah. Um, which is which is empowering, really, knowing that they have that control and that they know that they can, you know, you can improve your sleep even when you're working shift work. So, how have um, how's the feedback been with the employees um, that you've seen since the, the um, introduction or the, the gradual introduction to the plant based um, in the canteens? Yeah, uh, first of all, the that, that's what I tell you. First of all, was uh, the first reaction was, oh, they want to take us something away. Yeah, okay. they want to take us. Yeah, and uh, they are used to, and uh, they see it as uh, some uh, life, some quality of life when they have this. But um, what we do now, we we do not go to the company and say, okay, here you you have to change your mindset. Um, first, we did was uh, to um, identify positive and negative influencers in the company. In every company, you have positive and negative influencers. These are mostly not leading people. These are people who are working there for a long time or who have a, a, a great knowledge about some things or so. But you have always people, um, some some uh, influencer. Um, uh, whose opinion um, is very important for the rest of the staff. Yeah. Mm. So uh, we tried to identify these, uh, and um, we did. We identified these influencers, the positive influencers. That means these people who who uh, read, uh, who talk positive about the company and about changes in the company. And we identified the negative influencers who are talking negative about changes in the com uh, company, and we brought them together, and um, and we made a seminar and a workshop with them, so that we uh, introduced all these things to these people, and uh, so um, in this small group, um, uh, there was at the end there was no difference. Anymore between the the positive and the negative influencers because they realized um, what it means to them and what it means to the company and what it means to the uh, work quality and um, then we made the next step and this is where we uh, just uh, now the next step to make some events where these influencers um, present together with us what we find out. What we found out, yes, and so um, this uh, doesn't get the touch anymore of uh, someone external who try to to change some, something in, in in the canteen. We now have uh, uh, us as an external partner and the uh, influencers in the company 
uh, working together to start a change. And this had a huge effect uh, of the motiv- uh, to the motivation uh, of the whole staff. Wow, that's that's very well done. <laughs> that's yeah, that's taking that's approaching and letting all parties know um, and giving them all the opportunity to have an input. Um, so it's definitely going to have a better outcome. Yeah. Yes. Because and it's it's also uh, for for us as a consultant and also for the company, it is um, much more easy to to bring some uh, some people to a certain point than to bring the whole staff mm. to a certain point. Yeah. And so uh, when we use this way, yeah, we can uh, um, create an own wave of changing. Yeah. Um, Without uh, creating the wave for uh, uh, for ourselves, yeah, it's, it is um, uh, with less um, effort, yeah, to to reach the uh, the goal. Yeah, fantastic, excellent. Well, yeah, kudos, Michael. I, I I tip my hat. I'm just in awe of the work that you're doing. It's um so 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 needed and um. I, I just I love hearing from you know people like yourself that really do have uh, um, the best interests of shift workers at heart, and that you are you know trying to um, instill some change that's very much needed. Um, you know I think we both can agree though. You know shift work is hard; it's not easy, uh, and uh, but we need them, you know, globally. I think there's about yes. 0.7 billion, and I think that we need to be doing whatever we can to help to, um, you know, improve their health and well being, you know, despite working these hours, um, because they're just, they're the people that work these are so a very important part of society, <laughs> you know, emergency services. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Yeah, I, I think the the, the main uh, mindset should be to try to wind the work around the shift workers and not the shift workers around the work. This is, should be the the the, the core uh, motivation of changings and uh, so much possibilities as nutrition, as uh, uh, times, as chronotypes or chronotype optimized time systems. So um, let's uh, wrap the the work around the shift workers and not the shift workers around the work. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm sending you a high five for that. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely um, agree with you there. Wonderful. Well, yeah, this has been a, a fantastic um, discussion, Michael. I've, I've learned so much just in the half an hour that we've been that we've been chatting um, with you. And again, I, as I said, um, I am just so impressed with the work that you're doing. Um, I just wish that we were a little bit closer on the other side of the world, um, but. <laughs> never know (laughs) one of us might get to germany you might get to australia um but your work is definitely needed worldwide uh that's for sure so if there's anybody listening um to the podcast michael could um is there a place where they can contact you your website uh is yeah just so that they can reach out and get in contact with you if if they're interested like to learn more yes they can unfortunately our website is in germany is only in germany yeah and (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so maybe I'm outside. So my son, for example, is always looking and is just just uh, saying, "Okay, uh, here's the website of my father." But um, uh, we will start an, an English uh, website within the next three or four months, 
And uh, but uh, if uh, if you have questions, you can uh, also contact me if it is not too huge. Um, but um, you can contact me via email, no problem. Um, you have my email address, and uh, so um, or you if if there are some who can speak German, who understand German, uh, you're welcome to my to our website. Uh, www.aliamos.de uh, or my own speaker's website. This is www.viden.com. Excellent. Well, I'll make sure that I include all of that in the show notes. Uh, and I think I've like there is an area where you can actually hit translate on the website. So I know that you can, some of it does turn into English, yeah. <laughs> which is. Um, yeah. Which is, which is very helpful in these situations. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and as you, I, I, that's why I remember you mentioned that your, your son lives in Australia, like of all places, you know, we're, we're connecting this way, Michael, and of all places you're, you say your son lives in Australia and you asked me where are you and I said Brisbane and then you said, well, that's where my son is. I mean, what a small world. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, yeah, what brought your son to? I'm going to go off track very quickly here before we, we sign off. But what brought your son to Australia? Um, yes, my my son went to Australia six years ago, just for one year for work and travel. And um, but then he found a good job and he found a girlfriend, and so he said to me, "Okay, I'll stay here." Yeah. And uh, I started a job here, and uh, he's very successful in fundraising. And um, yes. Um, He's happy there, and so I'm happy that he is there, and 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 he will, um, yeah, he will in, uh, visit me this year. I think it's September or so, and and he's also very interested in chronobiology because he's uh, working. Uh, he has to lead uh, people too, and uh, so he involved uh, these things. I tell them in his uh, um yeah in, in his systems in his work systems and uh, so yes wonderful well he, he might come back with a bit of an aussie accent <laughs> if he's been here that yes long. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he speaks uh, many people say oh where are you from uh, i cannot hear where where you are from he, he doesn't oh. have any accent yeah, wow. so okay. uh, yeah this is this is when when you are uh, um, and, um, working in this uh, business, you are um, many times you are on the street and you speak to the people directly, and uh, sure. this is why he lost his accent and he's now he has now problems with German. Ah, wow, wow, that's yeah, that's interesting. Goes to show that how the how the, the our language can adapt quite quickly to our environment, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this is yeah. Especially when you are um, when you are on the street and you talk to so much different people, mm-hmm. and when you are in a company and you have always the same people, it is different uh, to the situation when you are on the street and you uh, talk to hundreds of people a week. And uh, I think this made him uh, made this huge progress in learning the language without an accent. Yeah, yeah I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I'm glad to hear that he's um, happy here down under here in Australia. Uh, and so you've got that Australian yeah. 
the Australian connection. <laughs> well, again, thank you so, so very much, um, you know, for joining me on this podcast, um, Michael. Um, I think our listeners are going to gain a lot of value, um, you know, from our discussion. And, I, again, I'm just so grateful to have had the opportunity to be able to connect with you in this way and, and talk about what the work, all of the amazing work that you're doing uh, along with your wife, um, it's yeah please keep going it's very very much needed i will thank you from my side for inviting me and uh, for having the patience uh, with my not perfect english um, not as perfect as my son speaks so uh, thanks again and uh, let's keep in contact Sounds great. Yeah, definitely. Well, your English is way better than my German. I, I did um, German in year eight. I think I remember learning about the Berlin Wall and die Sonne scheint. Is that still a, a, the sun shines? Is that a sentence in German? This is correct. Yeah, this is correct, but not the actual situation. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> there we go. So <laughs> I shouldn't have said anything. Your English is exceptionally compared to my German. <laughs> All right. So that's it for another edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. Thank you so very much for joining us today. If you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with other shift workers you think may benefit as this will help me to spread the Healthy Shift Worker message to shift workers and organisations all around the world. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be despite working 24-7. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.